0: We all know Jeffrey Dahmer as the infamous Milwaukee cannibal, but what do you know about the man who took out one of America's most depraved killers? I'm Chris. Thanks for watching True Crime Recaps. Meet Christopher Scarver, otherwise known as the man who killed Jeffrey Dahmer. In 1994, Chris and Jeff were each only about three years into life sentences at Wisconsin's Columbia Correctional Institution. Jeff was serving 15 lifetimes for the murders of at least 17 men and boys between 1978 and 1991. Wisconsin is one of the few states without the death penalty, but... The details of his crime are the stuff of nightmares. When he was arrested, they found human torsos dissolving in acid, bleached skulls, severed heads, hearts, and other parts of human flesh in his bedroom, living room, and kitchen. Later, he confessed to eating some of his victims. His crimes were so heinous that he was universally reviled, even by other killers. In 1990, a year before Dahmer's spree came to an end in the Oxford Apartments in West Milwaukee, Chris Scarver was working with the Wisconsin Conservation Corps downtown. He was a 20 year old high school dropout with a drinking problem and even bigger mental health issues. But the job program offered to train him as a carpenter, so he jumped at the chance for steady work. And the way he tells it, he was promised a full time job at the end of his training, but that's not how it all worked out. And maybe it was because the man who hired him left before he could make good on his promise, or Maybe there was never an offer for full-time work in the first place, but whatever the reason, when his training was over, Chris was suddenly unemployed again. On June 1st, 1990, he went looking for revenge. There aren't many details about what happened, but here's what we know. With a gun in his hand, he forced his way into the WCC office. Two men were inside, Steve Lohman, a 27-year-old crew leader, and the site manager, John Fayan. Chris blamed John for his problems. Steve was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. He had just returned to Milwaukee after spending the previous month working on a small-town library three hours away. But on that Friday night, instead of grabbing a beer with their crew, Steve and John were staring down the business end of a pistol. He forced Steve down to the floor and demanded John's money, but he only had about $15 on him. Christopher shot Steve point blank in the head, then turned to John and said, Now do you think I'm kidding? I need more money. Thinking fast, John started writing him a check, but Chris shot Steve in the head two more times anyway. He handed over his credit card and a check for $3,000 and made a run for it. Chris shot at him, but John got to his car alive before Chris ran off. But he didn't get far. Two hours later, police found him sitting outside his girlfriend's apartment building, still holding the murder weapon, John's credit card, and the check. His guilt was obvious. The only question was why. He had no criminal history, had never been in any real trouble before. Later, he told prison doctors he heard the voice of God speaking to him, and he was given meds. But it wouldn't be the last time he heard the voices. In 1992, he was transferred to Columbia Correctional. Dahmer joined him there not long after. At first, they kept Jeff away from other prisoners for obvious reasons. But when he complained about the isolation, they led him out to mingle under the watchful eye of a guard. By 1994, he could eat in the cafeteria, join a work crew, and go to classes, including Bible study. But even in a prison filled with some of the most dangerous inmates you can imagine, Dahmer was an outcast. In many ways, he was his own worst enemy. His crimes were so repulsive that even hardened criminals found him hard to stomach. As a result, he spent most of his time alone, surrounded by people who despised him. But he seemed to relish in his own notoriety. He often joked about biting other prisoners. Some say he even decorated his cell with a sign promoting meetings for Cannibals Anonymous. Others say he got a kick out of arranging his food to look like severed limbs, complete with ketchup as blood. There was definitely something chilling about his lack of remorse, and most of the men kept a safe distance from him. On the morning of November 28, 1994, Christopher... Jeffrey Dahmer and a man named Jesse Anderson were told to clean the prison gym. Now before I tell you what happened, you need to know what Jesse did to earn his own life sentence. On a Tuesday night in April 1992, Jesse and his wife Barbara got a sitter for their three kids and headed to the mall for a date night. They saw a movie, then ate dinner at TGI Fridays. Moments after they left the restaurant, Barbara's screams brought police to their bleeding bodies in the parking lot. Barbara had 21 stab wounds in her face and head. Jesse was bleeding from three wounds to his chest. His wife slipped into a coma and died two days later. But his wounds weren't as serious. While he recovered, he sent officers on a wild goose chase looking for her killers. Two young black men he claimed attacked them as they were getting in the car. Except they didn't exist. He might have gotten away with murder if it wasn't for two people who recognized the evidence police collected from the crime scene. About 12 hours before the murder, Jesse had paid a guy on the street 20 bucks for his red clippers hat. It had a distinctive oil stain on it. And a month before that, the leader telegram says he bought a red-handled fold-out fishing knife from, coincidentally, the very same downtown sporting goods store where Dahmer bought his bone-crushing mallet. They only carried three of the fishing knives, so it was easy to tie it back to the real killer. And that's how Jesse Anderson ended up on a prison work crew with Chris Scarver and Jeff Dahmer. Chris grabbed his mop and was filling up his bucket with water when he felt something poke him in the back. He told the New York Post that Dahmer and Jesse were laughing when he turned around. Neither of them fessed up to it, which really pissed him off. The three of them split up to clean the bathrooms, showers, and exercise equipment, and when the guards were distracted, he grabbed a 20-inch metal bar from the gym and hid it in the leg of his pants. Then he went looking for the serial killer. He found him alone, cleaning the toilets in the locker room. If you were one of the millions who watched Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story on Netflix, then you might remember the scene showing Christopher Scarver confronting him with the newspaper articles about his crimes. Well, according to his interview with the New York Post in 2015, that really happened. He asked him if he really did all those twisted things. The shocked look on Dahmer's face told him everything he needed to know. He made a move to escape, but Christopher pulled out his makeshift weapon and blocked his way. He hit him in the side of the head and left him to choke on his own blood next to the toilet. There were no guards in sight. Figuring he only had about a few minutes left alone, he went after Jesse Anderson, who was cleaning in the shower room. He killed him the same way, although he didn't die for a couple of days. Dahmer, on the other hand, didn't make it to the hospital. He was 34. Chris put the bar back in the gym and returned to his cell. When a guard asked him why he was back so soon, he calmly said, God told me to do it. You'll hear about it on the 6 o'clock news. Jesse Anderson and Jeffrey Dahmer are dead. A few weeks later, he told doctors a family of voices, including a woman, a man, and two little kids, a boy and a girl, told him he was the chosen one and everything was going to be all right. It was meant to happen like this. Officially, investigators say race didn't play any part in Christopher's attacks, but... He says it's no coincidence that both men used and abused people of color in their crimes. With no regrets, he got two more life sentences added on, and he claims he spent 16 years in solitary before he was transferred to a prison in Colorado, where he still is today. So, what do you think? Was this poetic justice, or should Dahmer and Anderson have been left in their cells for years to come? And that's your recap. Thanks for hanging out with us today. If you like getting all the crime in half the time, go ahead and tap that subscribe button and the bell so you never miss a story. We're here Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays, but don't go away. Catch up on more recaps right here, right now. Until next time, take care.